And so this morning, I'm really excited because um, a fellow men's pastor who gets to minister to the Los Angeles Rams, his job is to pastor and care for NFL professional athletes, which is amazing. And so this morning, we're blessed to have Kevin Nickerson. Kevin, won't you come on up? And uh, would you give him a warm welcome? And he is going to bring God's word. Morning. Can y'all hear me? Y'all can hear me okay? Man, it is good to be uh, around people again, right? Man, I got to keep it real, man. I have, to, I, have to keep it, I have to keep my distance because the people that I deal with, they're sickly. You know, they're not young and handsome like I am, you know? <laughs> I'm just joking. But no, seriously, man, it's, uh, it's good to be uh, in the presence of men. It is it's also good when, when the brothers can come together in fellowship because there's something special there. I, I appreciate the music, the worship this morning, and just reminding us of the victories that are before us when we trust in the Lord. It's been a tough year, right? 2020 has been a tough year, but I believe there's going to be many victories that come now and even later uh, after we get through this, this mayhem. Amen? Do you believe? Do you believe? Come on, man. Y'all sound... Man, I thought this was Mariner's Church. I thought this was like the best church in the, you know, in Orange County or something like that. Where got all these men and y'all, y'all sounding like y'all had a, a tennis match or something. Or God, God, come on, man. Like you, you had a men's breakfast. This is a place for where men are and you guys are quiet. Come on, man. Shoot. Man, Lord. So, <laughs> hey, so I was um, this summer. Did you guys check out the uh, Last Dance, Michael Jordan thing? You guys remember that? It's a great series. If you haven't watched it, you can look at it on Netflix. It's one of the best uh, series that I've, that I've watched. And, it, and I got to learn a lot about Michael Jordan and, and the uh, Jordanettes. Well, not really, but Michael Jordan. Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, B.J. Armstrong, Phil Armstrong. I, I got, got to learn a lot about them. And it was something in particular that I learned in episode four. It was, if you guys remember, because I'm, I'm 40 years old, so I'm an 80s baby, but I was raised on the Bulls. So, you know, I was, a, I was Michael Jordan out. I love Michael Jordan. I love Scottie Pippen. I love that whole deal. And so what I learned was after the 89-90 season when – the Bulls lost to the Detroit Pistons in the, oh gosh, man, the, man, Lakers all day, man, all day, you know, all day, Lakers. Uh, I don't even know when the last time the Pistons have been relevant, but that's okay. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Jesus, help me. No, but uh, I remember. Uh, so after the 89-90 season, when they lost to the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals, um, it said they, they, they said that the whole team, they just went in the locker room and they sat, they sat down in the locker room and no one said anything. They just sat there and just contemplated because they knew that they were a better team. They might have had better talent, uh, but they were missing something. And so B.J. Armstrong said, he said, after that, everybody got on the bus and they flew back to Chicago. And he said, either something had to change in us 
in me individually or us as a team, or we will never, ever overcome the Detroit Pistons. And so he said, instead of going on vacation, they went to the weight room, something that they hadn't done before. They went to the weight room. And, 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 and B.J. Armstrong said that Michael Jordan was the catalyst. He was the leader in the weight room. He desired to put on some extra weight, some extra pounds, some extra muscle, so he would stop getting beat up by Bill Lambeer and Joe Dumars and, and Isaiah Thomas and Mark Aguirre uh, and, and all of those dudes that just, the Jordan rules, every time you go to the basket, make sure you feel it. And so they went to the weight room and they said it was something about Michael Jordan's drive and his tenacity. The best player on the planet arguably still today, he could probably still play in this NBA and get 25 a night. I don't know. He probably could. But they said it was something about their best player, the best, plan, the best player on the planet going in the weight room and working hard. He said, they, they said, man, he called them to perfection. He called them, he said they, they needed to agree upon this, this, uh, this, this proposition of not being runners-up but being champions. And so I believe that with that story that, like Michael Jordan was calling his people out, his team, that he knew what they needed. He knew that they were missing something. But he said, you know what, I, I, I'm going to call my people out and I'm going to call them into, into greatness. And so I believe that God is calling us men into greatness. He knows that this has been a tough year. He knows that 2020 has been a year like no other with the pandemic. Oh, my goodness. That's wow. I, again, man, I've lived through a couple of wars and stuff like this, but I've never seen uh, anything like this. Never experienced anything like this. The civil unrest, it's madness. As a black man, it's hard to, to, to walk around and, and see what's happening and, and hear and watch the news. It's a big year. It's the election year and, and all of those different things. Man, God knows exactly what he's doing. But I still believe God wants to call men out into greatness. He wants us to be devoted to him, devoted to a cause, not for a championship that's going to fade away, but to an eternal life with him. He wants to call men into that, and he wants you to bring your family with you. And so I believe that God is, is doing that. He's, he's calling us into a time of devotion. He wants us to be in, devoted to him, and he wants us to bring people along with him. So if you can, man, I love the Bible, uh, and I love to have the physical Bible. I know now we're in the, in the day where we don't carry Bibles. We carry our phone, and our Bibles are there. But if you have your Bible, okay, I see it. Hey, come on now. Smells good, doesn't it? Smells real good. Uh-huh. So if you have your Bible, man, please go with me to the book of Joshua. Very familiar passage. I know you've all, some of you got it on your walls at home, and some of you recited to your children. Some of you, your parents said it to you, and you said it to them. And so I want you to go to Joshua chapter 24, verse uh, 14 and 15. When you have it, say amen, whether you got it on your phone, 
whether you got it on it with your word, say amen. Man, say amen like you mean it. Man, that's better. I guarantee you, if the Dodgers was on right now, we was watching the Dodgers and, and Mookie Betts hit a home run, you'd be like, Rah! you guys would be out your mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, be excited about God's word. I am this morning. I'm excited about God's word this morning. And so it says like, it goes like this. Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshiped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We bless you and we thank you uh, for this time. And we ask that uh, the men of Mariners will be ready to receive uh, your word and move forward and live a life of devotion to you. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, man, let me give you a little context. So before we get to verse 14 and, and 15, it says that Joshua had called all the, the leaders, the elders, and, and more than likely they were men, kind of like this. He called all the elders and the men together to, to, to encourage them and to inspire them, but I believe most importantly to remind them of the goodness of God. I can't remember the song that, that, that my man was singing up here, but the first song that he sang was, was appropriate for what happened here when Joshua got together. Because you got to understand, Joshua, was little, he was older. He was getting ready to pass the torch. And so he was calling the people together. He said, hey, guys, do you remember when the Egyptians were, were coming and you cried out and the Lord brought his pillar and he protected you? Do you remember when you didn't have food to eat in the wilderness and he provided food for you? Do you remember when he did this? Do you remember when he did that? Do you remember when he did that? Do you remember when you were unfaithful? God was faithful. So he called all the men together to remind them. How many of you guys know sometimes we need a little reminder? Sometimes we need to be reminded of the goodness of God. Man, I, I, man, I, was, I was thinking about that when I, as I was preparing, and I was thinking about how um, as a young boy being, grow, being raised in a single-parent home, and, and, a, and, and not all the time, but sometimes coming home and you couldn't turn on the lights. There was no lights in the house, or you didn't have hot water and you had to warm your, your water up on the stove and, and take a bath with, with stove warmed water or when you open up your refrigerator and you had mayonnaise, Wonder Bread and baking soda. But I, remember, but I remember every time God always provided. It's never a time where I didn't eat. It wasn't never a time when I didn't have clothes on my back, shoes on my feet. I, I had to remember, like, when, 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 I was a, when I was a young boy, again, still running around in the streets, running around with drug dealers, 
hanging out, drinking, partying, doing all of that stuff. I remember how God protected me in the middle of all of that mess. I, had to rem- I, was, rem- I was reminded that God has always taken care of me, even in my unfaithfulness. And so as, he, as he's rounding us all up today, I want to remind you that even during 2020, that God has been faithful. I know some of you have lost your job. Some of you are struggling with that. We know that unemployment is at an all-time high. Over 20 million people have lost their jobs due to this pandemic. I know that. I know that some of us are struggling at home within our marriages. I know that. They said the divorce rate has skyrocketed over this time. Even though it was already bad, it was already at like 50%, not only amongst uh, secular people, but, again, but, but amongst people who said that they love the Lord. And so can you imagine now when you're in, when you're in, in, in the house together and you actually got to look at each other and love each other or try to? So we know that you're struggling. I know that you're struggling. Because I'm struggling too. We know that anxieties are through the roof. How am I going to provide for my family? What's going to what's going to happen to my children? Why is this happening, God? We know some of you, some of us are 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 searching the internet uh, a little bit more frequently than we than we used to. If you guys know what I'm talking about, our eyes are not where they belong. I know that it's tough in 2020. I know when you, when you look at the TV and you see what's going on around the world, you are discouraged, because I'm discouraged. But I want to remind you that God has been faithful, and he is faithful. And it is no time like, like no other. There is no time like now. There is no time like now that he needs men like you and like me to step to the forefront and live a life devoted to him where people will understand and know the truth that is found in Jesus Christ. And so right now, this is not the time for us to go hiding and running like most other people. If you are a a man of God, if you claim to be a a, a man of Mariner's Church, if you you believe to be a a man, then it's time for us to step to the forefront. And Joshua gave us three things that we need to do. Number one, he said we need to fear the Lord and worship him with all of our heart, wholeheartedly, truthfully. Truthfully. Now, anytime I go anywhere, uh, when I, when anytime I'm going to speak anywhere or, or even at my own church or whatever I'm doing, uh, and, I, and I like to watch how worship goes. And I was watching right over there. I was keeping my distance. I was keeping my six feet. I was watching through the glass. I saw some of you guys out here with your hands up. And I saw some of you guys just kind of hands in your pocket. Some of you, you know, got your little swag on when you, when you worship. But I was looking, I was just wondering, I was like, man, like, why aren't the men raising their hands in victory and worshiping God with all of their heart? Because Joshua told us that we need to fear the Lord, not like 
the boogeyman, but in reverence, in awe. Like, you know, when the Miami Heat see LeBron James coming into the, on the court, they fear him because they understand his, his dominance, right? <laughs> when we come into the presence of the Lord, we should fear him because we know he is all-powerful, he is mighty, and he is, more importantly, he is worthy to be praised. Amen. Has he been faithful to you? He said we need to fear him and then we need to worship him uh, with truthfulness. And the word there means integrity. With integrity. Are you worshiping the Lord with integrity in your heart? And it's simply put, does your words, does your actions align with your deeds? So are, are your hands up like this, but in the back of your mind, you're thinking about something else? Are you worried about your job? Are you worried about your marriage? Are you worried about your children? Are you, are you, are, are you lifting your hands with all integrity and saying, Lord, I offer my family to you. Lord, I offer my children to you. Lord, I offer my situation to you, God. Man, I, I'm trusting you completely and totally and, and, and with all of my heart. I'm doing that, God. I'm not, nothing's before me. Nothing's in, be, in between me and you right now, God. It's just me and you. Or are we saying... God, I, I see a victory, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to this thing, too. I'm going to hold on to this. I, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can fix my marriage. Nope. But I'm going to see a victory. Uh, I don't think you're going to do, I don't think you're going to get my children off of drugs. Nope. I'm going to see. Nah. He said, fear the Lord and worship him with all integrity. Let your, your actions align with the words that you say. And the people of God here, their actions did not align with the things that they said. They worshiped, they said they loved the Lord, but they had idols. They had things that they were holding on to. And let's keep it real. I know some of us, we got some stuff that we hold on to. We got some things that we place before God. Don't act like you don't. Because then you'd be calling God a liar because you say, I don't do that. I'm going to tell you right now, I got some things that I'm, I'm, I'm kicking down the doors in 2020. And I, when I come out of this thing... I can't be the same. And you can't be the same either. And so the first thing he said, if you want to be a life, if you want to live a life that is devoted to me, to God. If you want to live a life that is purposeful. Then you need to fear the Lord and you need to worship him with all your heart. I know some of you guys. Uh on your own business and, and you got your own thing going and, and if you had an employee that was, they said that they was working, you know, 40 hours a week, but, you know, you looked at their, their work log and you, and you saw that they spent, you know, eight hours of the day or, you know, six hours of the day surfing the internet, you know, for other jobs or doing other things besides their job, what would you do? You would fire them, right? You would get rid of them, right? Why? Because they're, they're not doing their job. They're not, they're not, their actions do not align with what they're supposed to be doing. And so think about that with the Lord. You say you love the Lord. You say you're a man after God's own heart. You're here at this breakfast and you're saying that, that, that you are a man of God. But your actions say another thing. So number one, I want you to fear the Lord with all of your heart. Worship him with integrity. Be, in, be a man of integrity. Number two, he said, choose today 
who you will serve. And I, I thought I found this very interesting that he didn't say choose between God, Yahweh, but he said choose between the God of the Amorites in the land that you live or choose the God that, that uh, your forefathers serve. Cho- choose between them because it, it, it seems evil to you to worship the God that has been faithful to you. Choose between them and let's see how it goes. And, I, and, and, and I'm not even a political man, but I, I, I don't know where we lean, left or right. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not, not there. But I want to tell you today, if you are, if you are choosing between a, a, a Democrat or a, Republic, a Republican over Yahweh, then we got a problem. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative. The liberals or the conservatives ain't going to do nothing for you. When you stand before the Lord, he's not going to say, hey, uh, how did you vote? (laughs) He's not going to ask you that. He's going to ask you, did you fear me with all of your heart? Did you worship me with integrity? Did you choose, did you choose to, did you choose to serve me above these other things? Because I understand the, 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 the gravity of what's happening right now in our, in our political world. I understand that. And people are choosing, and, and, and there's, there's people are choosing sides. It's breaking up churches, it's breaking up homes, it's breaking up everything. But I want to tell you right now that if you choosing, and I, when, he, when he said that, when Joshua said that, I was like, man, that sounds like us today. Are we, are, are we, are we choosing our, our, our job? Are we choosing uh, 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 our, our, our spouses? Are we choosing our children above, above Yahweh? Choose then between those people and see if they'll get you to where you need to be. And then the third thing he said, he said, but as for me, in my house, and this is where the, the devotion comes in, the, the calling out, the, the, the setting the standard. I'm doing a series right now with the, with the fellas, with the Rams, and we're calling it Living Dangerously. Living Dangerously for the Lord because, again, I believe that a lot of us as Christians, we live comfortable. We live a life of ease. We're not on the cutting edge. We're not willing to step out of our boat and get on the water and go to Jesus. A lot of us, we like to stay in our boat. We like to look at Jesus from afar and he say, come on. And we like, hold on. <laughs> but Joshua here is living dangerously because he's stepping out amongst all of his people. And he's saying, look, you know what? I'm going to set, set the standard for you like Michael Jordan. I'm going to go in the weight room and, and, and I'm going to do, if you ask me for six, I'm going to give you 12. Because your life depends on it. And I need to set the example. I need to go before you. I need to be the leader in my home. I need to do that. My children need to see me up in the morning reading the Bible, on my knees praying, asking the Lord for forgiveness. My children need to see me do that. And so we're, we're talking about living dangerously, and it's not being reckless, but it's, 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 it's doing things that, that, that regular people don't do. Normal, normal people don't, don't, don't say and make a declaration like, hey, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. And you can do whatever you want to do, but I'm going to serve 
the Lord. You know, there's a national signing day. You guys, I, I'm a football guy. I love football. I played football uh, for a long time. Since I was seven years old, I played until I was 28. I got to play professional football in the CFL, Arena Football League. And now the Lord is um, giving me an opportunity to be on the sidelines on NFL games. It's amazing. I'm not there right now because everything I do is virtual. But it's amazing. I love football. And so every year in the spring, there's a national signing day. Have you guys ever seen that on ESPN? It's a big thing. I've never, I mean, when I was coming out of college, it was like, where are you going to school? Oh, I'm going here. Okay, great. Thank you. Boom. You gone. But now they got the top 100 players in the, in the nation and all of this and all of that. And so they, they bring you and, they, and, and, and then they put three hats in front of you. They got your family all around you. You got the news, you got the, the, the ESPN people there, they talking, yeah, so uh, 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 Alabama, they, they said this and they did this and, and Tennessee did this and they offered him this and, and they said he's an athlete and this and that and, and then Georgia said this and this and that and that and this and then you see this, this, this individual sitting with his mom and his dad, most of the time just with his mom, his grandma and, and all of these, I mean, that's just the way it is, right? And, and they, got all, they got his family, his sister, his brother and everybody else around him, coaches and everything. And he got these three hats right there in front of him. And then, they, and then the young man, he'll typically say, grab his hat, and I declare to go to Alabama. Roll Tide. Right? And then the people go nuts. Rawr! Right? They go, yeah. You know, the commentator's like, oh, yeah, the Alabama, they number one recruiting class and this and that. They just got the best receiver in the nation right there. They declared where they was going. But here's the deal. When they declared, these people probably wasn't fans of Alabama. But because of their son decided to go to Alabama, guess what happens? Alabama, they start getting an uptick on their merchandise sales. Because mama, granny, granddaddy, uncle, cousin, best friend, best friend of the best friend of the best friend starts buying Alabama Roll Tide gear. And now your whole house is filled with Roll Tide stuff. I'm not a Roll Tide guy. I'm a, I'm a Notre Dame guy, but that's okay. I, sh- I forgot to put, say that. I should have said Notre Dame, but I just, uh, I just said Roll Tide because everybody knows them and they just, you know, they just dominate right now. But anyway, but you get the point, right? When you declare, when you make a declaration of something, the people that are in your corner, in your sphere of influence, they typically follow you. I'm born and raised in Kansas City. I work for the Los Angeles Rams. I ain't never wore this much Los Angeles Rams gear in my life. But I tell you what, my mama got Los Angeles Angeles Rams gear. My sisters and my brothers got Los Angeles Rams gear. My kids, they only only have Los Angeles Rams gear. And I'm like, my goodness, I'm a Kansas City Chief guy. I'm born and raised in it. But but guess what? I, I have made a declaration to serve the Rams. And guess what? That's what they wear, the Rams stuff. And so just imagine this. Now, you, it's funny, yeah, right? Because it's the truth. When you declare that you are going to serve the Lord, guess what should happen? Your family should be coming around you. Your family should be following you. You should be, when you wear the colors of the cross, it should be drenched in your sons, in your daughters, in your wife, in your nephews, in your nieces. In the young man that you're mentoring and with your neighbor, when you declare, when you say, when you say with your heart that, hey, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And when Joshua said, as for me and my house, he just wasn't talking about his wife and his kids. He was talking about everybody that he influenced. 
And so my question is, have you declared in your heart? Have you, have you said, I am going to ask for me and my house, everybody that I influence, I'm going to serve the Lord. And guess what? You're going to serve the Lord too. Have you said that? So Joshua told us what it looks like. He gave us the, he gave us the blueprint for a life of devotion, a life of influence. Number one, he said, we got to fear the Lord with all of our heart. Serve him with integrity. Worship him. He said, choose. You, can, you got a choice to choose between guys that's not going to do anything for you or the one true God, and that's Yahweh. And then he said, he made a declaration for the world to see, for everybody to see. And some of us, we hide behind our, we hide and we don't, people don't know that you're, that you're a man of faith. You ain't made the declaration out loud. So he told us what we need to do. And so I would ask you tonight. I would ask you not tonight, this morning. Sorry, this morning. I'm going to ask you. Are you a man worth following? Have you declared your devotion to the Lord? Are you using your influence to impact the kingdom of God? Or are you holding on to some brokenness? Are you holding on to some fears? Are you holding on to doubts? What is holding you back from making the declaration that as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord? I'm going to tell you right now, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm telling you in front of you. So if you see me ever outside of that, you can, you, can count, you can hold me accountable to that. But I desire for you as men, men of God, to make that declaration in your heart. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So what does that look like for you? Does that look like you spending more time with your son? I know I had to, I had to adjust some things. Does it look like me getting up in the morning, praying and meditating on God's word? Yep, my son sees me do that. Yes, he does. And again, he's not calling us to be perfect. He's calling us to be in the, in the process with him. So I don't think that I'm calling you to perfection, but what I am calling you to is to follow me as I follow Christ. And so let's be devoted to Jesus. Let's be devoted to Yahweh. Let's remember what he's done for us. Let's remember where he's brought us from. And let's serve the Lord. Can we do that, man? No, can we do that, man? And so as I get ready to leave, and I, I, I just want to ask, Straight up and down, like in front of, in front of the, in front, I guess this is the world, right? This is, we, this is our community. I say our because I'm here today. So, hey, you know, I'm here. I'm a part of the community today. But if there's men here today that need to, to make that declaration that, as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. I want to pray with you. You can stay right where you are. You don't need to come up. We know we got our, 
or deals, but I want to pray for you. I understand how hard it is. I'm right there with you. I'm standing right in the middle of it. So some of us, we got doubts, we got fears. We've been doing things that we know we shouldn't be doing. And so if you want to make that declaration, go ahead and stand up. That I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. Now, in my church, they say, if you're going to clap, clap right. And then if you don't feel like you need to stand up, you don't need to stand up. Stay sitting down. It don't, hey, this is between you and God. I'm just, I just want to give you an opportunity to say, Lord, I'm with you 100%. And guess what? I'm going to bring people with me. <laughs> I'm going to put on my roll tie hat. You know, I'm going to put it on. If my son goes to USC, I can't stand USC. I'm going to know the Dame guy. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't even see the hat. I didn't even see the hat. Dang, brother. I didn't even see the hat. But if my son go to USC, guess what? I'm going to have a whole sweatsuit with USC because I'm, dec- I'm, I'm following. And so I want you to be men that use your influence to bring people into the kingdom of God, starting with your family. And so can we do that today? Let's pray. Father, man, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that uh, your word is true, and, and there's nothing that has stood the test of time like your word. And so I pray that these men, as they, ha- they are standing to make a declaration, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I pray that you would hold them up, that you would keep them, and that you would sustain them. I pray that the things that, they are, that they're worried about, that they're fearful of, I pray that they will be anxious for nothing, but in all things with thanksgiving and thanks, with thanksgiving, make their request known to you so you can guard their hearts and their minds through Christ Jesus. I pray that you will protect them as they go. I pray, pray that you would encourage them and lift them up. I pray that they will not grow weary in doing good things. Lord, we love you. We thank you. I pray that you will give us today our daily bread. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.